Hi, I'm Brad Rex, the former vice president for Disney's Epcot theme park, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Hi there, I'm Lee Cockrell. I'm the former executive vice president of Walt Disney World, and Mickey Mouse was my boss. And you're listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please, secure your hats and glasses, and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the coaster challenge with your hosts, Kim Dykes. Hi everyone, this is Kim with the Coaster Challenge podcast, and I'm excited to welcome two unique guests. My guests this evening are on a mission that is taking the coaster community by storm. My first guest is a police officer from Mobile, Alabama that claims Hershey Park as his home park. He is known as the founder and CEO of Melanin Coaster Network, an organization that began in February of 2022 as a small Facebook group for people of color that like theme parks and roller coasters that has quickly grown into a national coaster club of over 1,000 members. My second guest, the president of Melanin Coaster Network, is an affordable housing coordinator from Washington, D.C. Her home park is Six Flags America, and her favorite park is King's Dominion. She is also a proud mother of a five-year-old enthusiast. Outside of coasters, she is a podcast junkie, huge Beyonce fan, and loves attending concerts and wine festivals. I am happy to welcome Prime Jr., founder and CEO of Melanin Coaster Network, and president of Melanin Coaster Network, Bree Shea Reed to the podcast. So glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Kim, for having me. Well, I'm doubly excited to get to talk to the po- both of you. I've met Bree Shea in person back over yeah. Winterfest uh, at King's yeah. Dominion at a chance meeting when I happened to be there. I'm excited to get to see Brashe again at Hollywood Nights and to meet you in person, Prime, for the first time coming up here in Hollywood Nights in just a couple of weeks. I've been watching Melanin Coaster Network make magic happen all over the United States and social media and just cannot wait to hear more about what you guys have planned. Will the two of you please share a few things about yourselves to help familiarize our audience with who you are and what you're about? Yeah, so my name is Prime. I'm from Mobile, Alabama. I'm the founder and CEO of Melanie Coastal Network. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for about 10 years, been a hardcore enthusiast, roller coaster enthusiast for about four to five years. So, um, Rashane? Um, I'm Brashe. I'm the president of Melanin Costa Network um, from Washington, D.C. And I think a hardcore enthusiast, enthusiast, 
I'm fairly new to being hardcore, but I have loved roller coasters since I was a little kid. Well, I'll tell you what really stands out to me, just even behind a screen, watching you guys, literally <laughs> here, there, and everywhere is the hardcore enthusiasm and passion and energy you all bring for the mission you all are on. And I just applaud you for what you guys are doing. I can't wait for you all to get to tell our audience more about what you have in store. So with that, let's get this interview out of the station and rolling. <laughs> I let's am. Oh, yeah, let's do it. So the way the interview typically works is we start with the roller coaster time capsule. We refer to it here on the podcast as the fear journey. We're going to go back through your history of coasters, amusement parks, and, you know, kind of what's led you into the enthusiast that you both are today. And then the last half of the interview will focus more on the present and the future for the two of you and Mellon Coaster Network. So with that, let's go ahead and enter the time capsule. So the first question I have for both of you is what is the first coaster you can remember riding? Oh, my first <laughs> coaster, um, easy. Scooby-Doo at King's Dominion. Good old Scooby-Doo. That, that's a lot of people's first coasters in this area. First coaster, mm -hmm. they're around my age. So that one, which I'm happy is still around, it's just called Woodstock Express. Um, but that was my first coaster, and I was six years old when I first rode that and been riding nonstop since then. And Brian? <laughs> well, you know, she, she rode a little fancy coaster at a real theme park for her, so, you know. So, <laughs> so fancy my, my first, hey, she had, she, had, she had a little fancy coaster at a real theme park. So my first coaster was at the local fair at the local fairgrounds, the county fair in Mobile, Alabama, it came out of a box, out of a tractor trailer. <laughs> and they, you know, they hooked the thing up together. And my parents, they, you know, they took us out. We was like, I was like eight, nine years old. And we went out to the county fair, you know, uh, you know, ride some rides. And I seen an old yellow coaster that they took out the trailer and put it together and hooked it up. And I said, Dad, I want to ride that. Let's do it. So that was my first coaster. coaster. I forgot the name of it. A portable, portable coaster. Hey, 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 the little coaster that could. That was the name of it. Yeah. The little coaster that could. <laughs> Sounds like some of those coasters I ride on my credit chasing days. If it rolls and it goes and it doesn't break, I'm going to ride it. And I'm going to count it. <laughs> and for Shay, like you, my uh, – first coaster was actually at King's Island, used to be the Beastie. Now oh. it's Woodstock Express. <laughs> that was it's my such first. such a good one. And now that was my, that's my son's third coaster credit, mm -hmm. Woodstock and Express. That was one of the joys of me being a mother was getting my kids on that one at King's Island for the first time. Such great yeah. memories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You keep building that boy up. He's going to be awesome. I'm trying. I'm trying. 
going back through the fear journey, you know, as enthusiasts, we always hear people asking before they ride coasters for the first time, you know, how scary is it? Is it scary? And, you know, I can think back myself to when I was absolutely scared to death. I spent years riding coasters with my eyes shut. I did. And I did not realize that was more when I was younger, but I didn't realize how much more fun they were when I actually started opening my eyes. And it wasn't, I was making it a lot more scary with my eyes shut. Yeah. So, Talking about scary, if you think back through all the coasters you've ridden, what's the one coaster that has scared you guys the most? X2. It's no question. X2. <laughs> Listen, whatever that thing is built out there in California, that is that is the scary. Not I-305. I don't care what Shea says. Whatever. X2 in California the, the first time you ride it, it has the scariest drop. You don't know what the coaster's going to do. It's flipping you each and every way. You don't know what's coming next. You can't see anything. I, I'm terrified of X2, but I love it. X2 is the scariest roller coaster in America. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. Yeah, I we're enjoy have a long X2. Talk. <laughs> I enjoyed it too. But I enjoyed it too, but it's, yeah, it's the most scariest roller coaster I've ever been on. Well, he mentioned my the one that scared me the most, um, and it was I-305. Um, I remember going to King's Dominion the, the year that it opened, and mm -hmm. I didn't ride it. I even have a picture of it on my Facebook from I didn't either the first time I went. Yeah, I didn't ride it. I was like, this is too big. I don't, like, I was what, is it 2010 that it opened? Oh, I was what, 20? I was, I was, you know, but I was like, you know what? I like roller coasters, but this one, 300 feet, I don't know mm -hmm. about that. I just yeah. don't know. I have a picture of it on my Facebook and I was like the intimidator. Like it, like, so it took me until last year, actually, when I got hardcore into, into my roller coaster lifestyle. And I said, I'm going to go, I went to Kings Dominion by myself. And I said, I'm mm -hmm. going to get all the credits that I haven't. Um, that I hadn't had before, which was basically everything in the park since uh, I last went. And I said, I'm doing I-305 and I'm doing it first. So I was nervous. I wasn't really scared. I was nervous because by, by now I was more informed of roller coasters and I could watch POVs and reviews. And I didn't have all that back then when it first opened. I wish I would have wrote it so I could experience that first turn, but you know, neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I-305 was the one that had me nervous the most the first time I rode it. So was it just the size of the coaster that intimidated you? It was the drop. Looking at that yeah. drop, I've never, well, I had never been on anything that high before. So. I went back for the first time in 2016 to King's mm -hmm. Dominion. Same thing. I didn't ride it. Mm. And uh, it was actually 2021 when I returned was the first time I rode that coaster. Now, I want to go back to Prime's response, X2. I have yeah, to say... Yeah, come on back. 
Kim, come on back. Come on. I back. am coming on back because we gotta have a little talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm riding three hundred and sixty-five coasters, soon to be over four hundred this summer. And I've conquered just about every kind of fear there is to, to conquer as far as coasters go. I mean, the strata coasters, I'm gonna get my last giga this summer. Even, I mean, this year I went to Orlando and I did the world's tallest sky coaster. I used to be scared to death of. Wasn't afraid, had fun, loved it. But the one coaster that I'm actually nervous about, and I'm not afraid on coasters, is X2. Absolutely. You should wow. be. You should be. I've you heard should be. So many mixed reviews on this coaster. Yeah. Some people love it. Other people make me think <laughs> I might have my first ever blackout on a coaster. I, I like a good gray up, but I've never blacked out. I don't know about all that. And some people say it hurts. Other people say it doesn't. Depends I'm, on the seat. Don't sit on the wing your first time. I would like the well, outer towards, I've been seat. told towards the front hey, on the my, inside. Hey, my First ride, first ride, a couple years ago. First ride, I said back row, wing seat. I wanted the back row, oh, wing gosh. seat. Listen, mm -mm. when you get ready to go over that drop, the drop snatches you down like all that weight. Y'all know how big the train is on X2. All that force of gravity, all that weight is literally throwing you over the top, like uh -huh. the first drop. You drop like you, the with seat, your head down? The, yeah, it's like you're on your face, on your head, like going straight to the ground. Like, what, I like <laughs> lovely. I just, love it. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like I enjoyed every scared. bit of X2. <laughs> I love intense coasters. So I enjoyed every bit of X2 when we went there um, back in February for our Magic Mountain now, event. I'm going to ask both of y'all did it bang your head? Did it hurt any part of your body? Only on the outer seat. When I sat in the back on the outer seat, that's the one that kind of gave me a headache, to be honest. But when I sat on the inside, I didn't have a problem. Okay. What about you, Prime? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little janky on the... Uh, the first time you ride it, you're not even going to be thinking about it. You're not even going to care. Your body's not going to feel it because you're going to be terrified your first ride anyway. So you're not even going to feel the, the jerkiness of the seat. Yes, if you ride it over and over and over and get comfortable, yes. It's a little shaky on the wing okay. seat. Yeah. You'll be more okay. concerned about where am I? Am I right side up? Am yeah, I to you, the side? Am I upside down? Like you, where yeah, am I? Yeah, you're gonna be so concerned about <laughs> is 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 the drop going to the ground? Where am I? Am I on my back? I'm on my head. Oh and that, and that is one thing that challenges me too. Now I've overcome a lot. I used to have major issues with circles, any kind of spinning. Now, mm. I can do most spinning now. I, I can't do tight, fast circles. This mm. That's another reason. This one's got me a little uh, on edge. It's just. But it's a controlled spin. It's not like a free spin coaster. You know, 40, okay, it's you a controlled spin. It's a controlled spin. It's, it's like a choreographed dance. You know, it, it does okay. the same thing every time. 
the mm-hmm. more you ride it, you probably realize, okay, now I know which part of the, the course I'm at, or, you know, I'm going to flip right side up in a couple seconds. You'll yeah. get that. It's not, you don't, you're not free spinning. So it's, it's predictable the more that you ride it, but right. something like some Bealy, uh, no, I don't like those either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and those are usually one and done for me. So that, that actually mm-hmm. eases my fear a little bit. <laughs> yeah. from you. I mean, I'm going to ride it. When I yeah. get to California, I never, I'm not one that ever leaves a credit on the table or backs down because I, I want to know what it's like. And I want to mm-hmm. know whether I love it or whether I hate it. And if I do hate it, can I learn to love it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, well, I can't wait till you ride it. I want to hear your, your review. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bit before we can get out there, but I'm hoping within the next couple of years that's going to be the california trip i've got yeah. other areas of the country i'm doing first they're just a little bit closer a little bit less expensive mm-hmm. but that california is definitely on the radar okay so going back to these scary coasters <laughs> x2 for prime i305 for brichet how were you guys feeling when you approached the station for that first ride? I was pumped up. I was ready to go. I was ready to go. I was the first one in the park. I ran back there to X2. I'm like, let's mm-hmm. go. There's no coaster on earth that can scare the mighty old prime. Uh-huh. Let's do it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm happy. All that. So I was pumped up. Ready Until to go. you got in the seat. <laughs> 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 the, I was honestly like that with Top Thrill Dragster. I heavily underestimated the power of that ride. I was happy go lucky all the way through the line <laughs> till I got up in the seat and was sitting there getting ready to launch. I thought I was going to meet <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the, that's when my brain started replaying all the times Jay made me watch that POV. <laughs> and I was looking at him. I'm like, tell me when it's going to launch. Tell me when it's going to launch. Tell me when it's going to launch. <laughs> that was the only thing that saved me was those POVs. And him let me know, okay, we're rolling back. We're getting ready to go now. Because I do think <laughs> I would have passed out otherwise. Oh, man. And I, I was fine until I was sitting there ready to launch. And then literally all hell broke loose. I didn't know what was happening to me. So, Brashay, with Intimidator 305, what about you? First time riding, how did you feel approaching the station? I was nervous. I actually vlogged the experience on my now defunct YouTube page. <laughs> but <laughs> I, um, with that help, that kind of helped me because I was able, to, I went by myself, but I still was able to talk my way through it kind of mm-hmm. um and i because you know how i305 is it has that that beautiful walkway the sign like it just it, it makes a statement over in that back corner so and that doesn't always help either with you know the nerves like okay now i'm making this march of death down to this coast that I'm, I'm nervous about um but yeah i was nervous up until I heard, gentlemen, start your engines. Yes. And and after that, I was like, well, there ain't no turning back now. <laughs> May as well take it and roll. Yep. And I sat towards the back, not the very back. I was the second car mm-hmm. from the back. 
So I've got to ask, because it's such a interesting topic amongst enthusiasts while we're on the topic of Intimidator 305. Intimidator 305 or Fury for you? Well, I haven't been on Fury yet. You haven't? I thought you had. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Out, out of the almost, from August of last year till now, I have maybe... 60 something credits that I've gotten. So, okay. you know, it's a lot. Okay. It's a lot. Just Carowinds hasn't been one of those in that, you know, I want to know after you oh. ride Fury, your preference. I will let you know. They're both let fantastic you know. giga coasters. They're just very, very different. What yeah. about you, Prime? I 305 or Fury? Absolutely Fury. Absolutely Fury. Fury. Thank you. Fury is a masterpiece. Absolutely, Fury. It's not even close. This shouldn't even be a question. Fury mm-hmm. 325, it, it, it's smooth. It's gorgeous. You don't have mm-hmm. over-the-shoulder restraints. Yep. You're free. You're loose. Mm-hmm. You just got to – you're going that fast with a clamshell. See, yep. I-305, you have something to hold on to. Oh, you can hold on to dear life. Whoop oh, you need to with that ride, okay? Fury 325, the floater – the airtime, it's amazing. The long ride, the smoothness, the drop feels like you're falling forever. And and let me mention again, you only have a clamshell. Yep. You don't have you, you you're free. You can interact with your friends, your family while you're riding the coaster. You can slap hands. Yeah, it, it it's amazing. Like it, it's no question. Pure three twenty five. Actually, Brache, I will say. It took me a couple of visits and several rides on I-305 to figure out I didn't have to hold on if mm-hmm. I pushed my head out of the, the – those over-the-shoulder restraints for me, that and also on King to Call, I mm-hmm. can get my head forward and out of the restraints. Mm-hmm. Usually over-the-shoulders bother me if they're, you know, real thick and bulky. I can't get out mm-hmm. of the thing. Mm-hmm. But on I-305 and King to Call, I found a way around it. Just keep my head forward and I can put my hands up. And mm-hmm. it's actually more comfortable for me like that. Because mm-hmm. if I hold on, those restraints want to clip the yep. tendons of my neck and it hurts. Yep. I, so I just got to the point where I can ride I-305 with my hands up. Yeah. So now, now it's a must. <laughs> yes. And that's when I found I could actually ride it a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. was when I started doing that because it wasn't bothering my neck and shoulders so much. Did you gray out or black out when you wrote it? Oh, no. I've, now, my daughter blacks out. She mm-hmm. won't write it too many times because she doesn't like that repeated blacking out. I get a very hard gray out, mm-hmm. but I also know if I just keep focusing on the airtime hill, as soon as I hit the airtime hill, my vision just yeah. pops. Right, yeah, back wake up here. <laughs> to me, I don't know. It's like the the challenge, the thrill, the chase. Yeah, I was How many times do you ride this? The the last time I rode it, when it just opened the season, I didn't gray out. Really? None, none of the times that I rode it this last time. Wow. Time, I grayed out the first two times when I first mm-hmm. rode it, and I loved it. I was like, yeah, give me more. And I was, I, yeah. I loved it. But this past time, I said, what? I, I'm supposed to gray out on this ride, and I did it. It's interesting because yeah. almost everybody says they do. 
Yeah, I was looking forward to it because I know it can happen to me. And that's the only time I've ever grayed mm-hmm. out of my life. Yeah. But maybe I have a Very high tolerance for it now. <laughs> okay, so X2. I-305, after those very first rides, how were you guys feeling when you got off the coasters? How was I feeling? Oh, man. How was I feeling? Yeah, you. So when we made it back to the station, the ride operator had to come tap me on the shoulder and wake me up. That's how I was feeling. What? You were out? Yeah. I was out. Out cold. They said, sir, are you okay? Are you having a Six Flags day? <laughs> and then that's when I woke up. I this said, I'm having not, a great Six Flags see, this day. This is not thank, Asian thank, thank you for this. <laughs> it's not that oh, bad. They said, <laughs> they said, sir, sir, are you having a Six Flags day today? I said, yes, sir, I am. I'm having course, a great day. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, Kim. I black I blacked out on the first drop. I did. I oh, my, my eyes closed. I, I <laughs> yeah, I was gone. I was gone for like three seconds. Yeah. But after I woke up, I enjoyed the ride and came back to the station and I was like, oh my God, what just happened? Like, what just happened to me? Yep. I I, I blacked out on the first drop. So it was it, it was awesome though. I've never had a blackout, and I can't say that I want one. A gray out, I'm I'm good with mm-hmm. that blackout stuff. I don't know about all that. So, mm-hmm. Brichet, I three hundred five. How'd you feel when you got off of it for the first time? I was, I was proud of myself, you know, for conquering a twelve year old fear. <laughs> you know, um, yes, I was proud of myself and. Doing that made me realize, like, there's no coaster out there that I'm scared of anymore. There's mm-hmm. there's none that make me, like, remotely as nervous as that one did. And, you know, right after riding that one, it was nothing for me to ride um, X2. I was, I was ready. Well, <laughs> she's taking me back to the calm side now after listening to him. <laughs> Filling my <laughs> head full of stories about blacking out. I'm going to ride in the front towards the inside the first time. That's not going to happen to me. Look, Man, talk to me before you ride. I'll be on the phone with you. <laughs> yes, that, that may have to happen because I'm just going to think happy thoughts. Yeah, it's <laughs> really, it's that. really, you, you've done 365 coasters. X2 yes. is just a different type, but it it's, it's very unique. Um, I think I think you'll enjoy it after after you ride it. I really Good. do. That's that's what I've told people so far. Is I'm really not scared of anything except X two. <laughs> that's the one fear barrier I, th- I still have. No, if I never rolled I three hundred five, I probably mm-hmm. would have been terrified of X two. But really, I three hundred five took away any fear of any coaster for me. Makes sense. So. After riding those coasters, would you all say that it had any type of impact on your life immediately after, or did you notice any type of impacts later on? Yeah, the impact it had on my life, um, just to piggyback off what Brashe just said, it just gave me that that fearless sensation. Like I was fearless. I felt like no coaster in the world can scare me. I just did this. 
you know, I, I'm I'm ready to go tackle America, you know, and, you know, soon to be go overseas. Uh, uh, it actually made me get on the slingshot, the world's tallest slingshot in Orlando. And I there go, you go. Uh, I, I end up doing that the following year, you know, and I was scared to uh, to get on things like that. But after I rode X2, I was mm-hmm. like, let's go slingshot, slingshot. Let's do it. Whatever. Let's go. You know, I, I was fearless. So, yeah, it impacted my life. I, I'm, I'm ready to go skydiving, you know, Fantastic. so yeah. Yeah, so X2 really put a fearless, when it comes to rising attractions, it, it, it gave me that fearless sensation, like I can tackle anything. What about you, Brache? You know, I still have some fear, okay? Like, I, I'm not scared of any roller coaster. I will not do a slingshot, and I am not happy about drop towers to this day. <laughs> I've used to ride drop towers, but still, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really do them now. But when it comes to coasters, there is no coaster that can scare me because I tackle that that fear of I-305. I've still got a little bit, like Prime mentioned skydiving. I've been building up little by little by little. I mean, I was actually pretty proud of myself this year, last spring break, because when we, we went to Florida last year, my son Jay, he wanted to do the world's tallest sky coaster, Fun Spot Kissimmee. I was totally prepared to let him go by himself. <laughs> That's why I, I can't. I'm not doing that. As luck would have it, we showed up. It was the last night of the trip. It was like eleven o'clock at night. Gosh, we had to leave the next day. There was over a two hour wait, so we're like, no. I, I've got to get some sleep or I'm I'm not going to be able to safely drive the car. Mm-hmm. So we'll get it next trip, right? We'll, we'll do it next time. So one year came and went. And we went this year. And I didn't even really realize what my response to be would be until I was in that moment. Because I'd done the one at Indiana Beach. I did the one at Kings Island. But the one at Kings Island is literally just half of the height mm-hmm. of the one in Florida. And the thing about the one at Kings Island that bothered me a little bit was after it dropped, it gave a jerk. It jerked you up. And you know, I it didn't hurt. Mm-hmm. But I was afraid that something significantly taller might hurt. Mm-hmm. But we had been riding iron guazi so much that day before we got to fun spot this year i was just kind of slap happy from (laughs) and i was really tired i think tired to the point where it killed any nerves i had yeah because i just didn't care Mm -hmm. so i'm like what the heck this may be the worst decision i've made in my entire life but (laughs) i'm going let's do this and I actually really enjoyed it. It was the smoothest drop of mm. any of the sky coasters I've been on. There was no jerk or anything. Now I had our executive producer, Andrew, pull the ripcord. I told I said, I'm not ready to do that yet. Just 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 drop me and let me see how this feels. But next time I want to pull the ripcord myself. And for me, one of these days, the ultimate, ultimate challenge for me is going to be skydiving and I'm bound to determine to do it at some point in my life. 
with somebody that can land me safely that knows what they're doing. <laughs> that's, that's probably with not going to be me. Yes. That's not going to be me. So I don't know about y'all, but for me, some of the most fun times I've had as an enthusiast are these moments that just happen when we're not expecting it. And I can tell from the videos, just the energy that I see of Melanin Coaster Network and the meetups that you all have, that you guys absolutely have a ton of fun. And I'm sure in the midst of that fun, there's been some random, unexpected, just bizarre moments. <laughs> You're like, how in the heck did that happen? And it, it's just, you know, it's hilarious. It's those memories that just keep on giving from years to come out of all the places you've been either you know individually or with the group all the coasters you've been on all the parks what has been your most i guess just random unexpected bizarre crazy moment oh man that's a that's a that's a great question that's a great question i'm gonna answer that like a two-part question so individually, um, individually, I took a, a trip to Cedar Point for the first time uh, when I became a hardcore enthusiast. Uh, um, I had roast steel vengeance. I've seen the YouTube videos. Cool. I wanted to go up there and see what it actually feels like. When I got on that coaster and when I got off, that coaster took my soul in a good way. It was like my wife found me and just married me. Just I. That coaster, that coaster made me cry of joy. Like when I got off that coaster, I cried. I cried of joy. It took my heart, my soul. It became my baby. It unexpectedly, just unexpectedly just did that to my body. It was so therapeutic. I was like, oh, my God, what just happened to me? Uh, I was with some uh, good people that I had met at the park, didn't know Madam Eve, and uh, we had a great time on Steve on Stevie Steel Vengeance, and uh, it took it, it, it took my soul. It made me cry. So me crying in joy was a bizarre moment because I'm not sensitive. I don't cry, but that coaster made me cry. So <laughs> you know, you're talking about the word soul, and that soul. that word resonated with me because I'm a, I recently used that word myself. Um, for the first time on our trip this year, I finally got my night rides on Iron Gwazi. Last year, Wonderful. you know, that's my number one. Last year when we went, the opportunity I had for night rides was cut short by storms. And the park mm. wasn't open late enough the rest of the trip we were there for me to get night rides. I'm like, gosh, I've got to wait a whole other year. This is exactly what I said after the night rides this past March. I said I had never experienced anything like going into the death roll at night. Like mm. you get in there 
you could see yourself going into it, but then you can't see a thing. I could feel a grab, but I couldn't see it. I've never had a grab that I couldn't see. And I literally said, I felt like my soul was drifting out of my body, going up to heaven. And then when I came out of that death row, it just returned. <laughs> straight to my body every single time it was mm. just euphoria for me like mm. i just haven't experienced that level of euphoria so i mean I, I was joking but i said if it was possible to go from number one to number zero that happened because it yeah. kept taking my soul out of my body and bringing it back to me so brache What's been your craziest moment? I th I think it has to be my first ride on Aranguazi. Prime was there. He was sitting next to me. <laughs> Tell me more about that. You know, I love to talk about that coaster. We were we were down in Tampa with MCM. And it was, you know, my first time at that park. And, you know, my first time riding Guazi. And before that, the only RMC I'd been on was Twisted Timbers, which is not, is nothing like Iron Gwazi, you know, mm -hmm. nothing. So I'm like, okay, I, I know that RMCs are good. And, you know, I know that everyone says Iron Gwazi is the best. Yeah, I'm excited to ride this ride. And I actually, uh, I don't know if this one is on our, um, on our YouTube or not. This um, one that we filmed, but it, it, I got off of it. I, I went on with a voice and I got off it without a voice. So in 45 seconds or so, like Iron Gwazi took your soul. <laughs> it took my soul and my voice. Like literally, like I, I, I just, I had never just experienced a coaster like that before in my life. Mm -hmm. And like every element just hit, hit, hit. And it just was, it, it just, so right like everything about it was just so right the only thing wrong about it that i just feel like i just wanted more to like, give yeah. me more it mm -hmm. ended and i was like oh give me more um but yeah that like iron got like it it ate my shirt meaning every time i ride it my shirt almost comes off yeah like, <laughs> i'm Arms like what is this about <laughs> they just eating my shirt i went on with a voice i came off without a voice and I, it it just, I, I had no idea what to expect. Like watching a, a POV does nothing no. for you to to no. prepare you for that ride. No, so ma'am. That, that one was, it was, I guess the bizarreness of it was the fact that it was the first ride of the day and I already lost my voice after one ride. I totally agree with you. I heavily, heavily, heavily underestimated that ride based on the POV. And I was, I was happy to eat those words. I mean, I, I can own up when I've made a mistake. And boy, that was a big one for me. And you're talking about the voice. I'm usually quiet on coasters. I mean, it <laughs> takes a lot to get a response out of me. Iron Gwazi and Voyage are the only coasters I can't stay quiet on. Mm. They're the only ones. And I've tried and it just doesn't happen. <laughs> and I, I'll see that look I'm getting from Prime over there. I see it. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, had I, same, I had the same response. 
when I got off of that thing for the first time, and it was a morning ride, mm -hmm. my son and I looked at each other. I don't know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? You come on saying, what again. was that? What happened? What? I mean, we could not stop laughing because it was just yes. so bizarre. Yes. yes. You couldn't process it. Yep. Had to have yep. more rides to know what, what exactly just happened to me. There's only been two coasters that have done that to me. Iron Gwazi and Velocicoaster. Yeah. The only and two that made me go, what was that? <laughs> and that one and Voyage are also the only ones that I physically, at the end of the ride, feel like I've been running a marathon. I'm out of breath. Mm -hmm. I don't get out of breath on coasters. And mm -hmm. it still does that to me. And I, I'm like, so I'm, I'm constantly seeking out. Is there another coaster anywhere on the face of the planet? Once I get to Europe, I think it might happen. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that can give me this level of adrenaline. Yeah. Because it's just, it's hard to find. Okay. So a popular topic amongst enthusiasts, and I, I love having conversations about different opinions when it comes to coasters, you know, coaster rankings, <laughs> you know, what is it that somebody loves about a coaster that I hate, you know, or what is it that somebody hates about a coaster that I love? It just, you know, for me, makes for a very interesting, entertaining conversation. And one thing I've definitely found out through all the people I've talked to and interviews I've done is different bodies prefer different forces, number one. And, you know, different people really have a preference of different things. Some people, you know, are all about theming. For other people, that favorite nostalgic coaster, nothing's going to beat this coaster because it's, you know, it's got my heart. Mm -hmm. Me, I take the theming. All if theming's just icing on the cake, theming's not the cake. Mm -hmm. That the nostalgia, I filter all of that out, and I focus for me just on the ride experience. But you mm -hmm. know, it's different strokes for different folks, and it's all good. Out of all the coasters you guys have ridden, what is your number one? Favorite of all time coaster? Velocicoaster. That is my number one. Um, it, I didn't think it would be my number one but going into it. I just knew I would love it. But so many people, you know, had high regards for it. It ranked high for so many people. I thought it would rank high, but I didn't think it would take over the number one spot, especially over Guazi. You know, Guazi was my number one. And then here comes Velocicoaster. And I was just, it, I rode in the front my first time. And then the second time I rode in the back right seat. And the back right seat is the most thrilling, um, like, physics wise. Mm -hmm. And um, I also did that at night. Like, so the back right at night. And it, so to have a morning ride in the front and then have a almost last 
ride of the night after it's been hauling all day and in that back right seat. And when I tell you, I, I had, I never experienced something like that in my life. That's the only coaster that I literally miss. Like I miss it. I I can't wait to go back. Like other, you know, Guazi, I love it. I, I can't wait to go back, but I miss Velocicoaster. I miss that. Like, I, I miss it, and I love it. I mean, you can't go wrong. They're both yeah. world-class, fabulous coasters. Velocicoaster is in my top five. What is it specifically that you love about Velocicoaster? Um, I think the first thing is the length. It's longer. Okay. Then, um, then Iron Gwazi. I do love, I, I love a good drop. Don't get me wrong. I love a good drop, but something about a launch and a top hat, mm-hmm. I really okay. enjoy. Um, and the Mosasaurus roll at night over the water, it it is just, it, it the Velocicoaster to me feels like like a perfect dance. I'm gonna say it's choreographed because that's what they are. You know, all co- yes. coasters are made, they're choreographed. And it just feels like the perfect dance. Like it's like the perfect amount of forces. It starts off great and it mm-hmm. ends great. It's, it's no dull moment in the middle. It, it The second half is nothing like the first half. And it elements that, sh- parts of the ride that you didn't think would, like I didn't think would be memorable like stuck out to me like in the second half when you're going over the people and it's kind of like a helix it's like the double helix that part yes, yes. there's a part where you kind of like go up and switch to the other direction and you're out your seat it, it whatever that part is it it's just so like it's innocuous like it's so small that mm-hmm. but it, it's such a big impact and i can tell and maybe the, just with like universal and those types of parks the intention that was put into that ride. Not just the theming and all of that, but I can tell that the folks who made it really thought about the ride experience for the rider. And I think they got it right, 100%. And, you know, just listen to you talk about Velocicoaster. Two things that stand out to me about it that are very unique. And this is only the third coaster that has had this impact on me at all. The second launch, I literally cannot breathe. Mm-hmm. It takes my breath. I'm, I can't breathe through it. And you're doing all the movements on the side, especially when I come over the top hat. I, I don't even know how else to explain it. I feel like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Literally, it reminds me of being in the Spider-Man movie. Now, Prime, you, sir, what is your favorite Goat, greatest of all time coaster. The goat has to be my spouse, Steel Vengeance. That coaster changed my life forever. That coaster made me make MCN. It made me create MCN. That coaster took my soul. That coaster made me cry. That coaster... It was like it was, it was so therapeutic from just riding through the infrastructure of the coaster 
was just phenomenal. I never did that on a coaster before. And Steel Vengeance provide that for you. I got off that coaster and was like, what just happened? This coaster changed my life. This coaster makes me want to travel all over the world to ride other coasters. So Steel Vengeance, it, 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 it's, it's going to be the GOAT forever. It holds a sentimental value in my heart. So was it actually going through the structure? Is that the only thing that's really put it over the top for you or is there more? There is more, but that is the main reason that kind of put it over the top for me. It, it, it was like when we got to the infrastructure, it like took me out of space. It like took me in a whole nother world. Just, just looking at the wood around me, looking at my my uh, the, my riding buddies that was riding with me, just seeing mm -hmm. their faces, just looking at the scenery. It's nothing but wood. Okay. It just seems like I we just went in this unbuilt house, just twisting and turning and falling and curving, and it it was just it, it was like I went from outside to like inside this wooden infrastructure it was so amazing so amazing it, it definitely was the main reason that put it over the top you know it's only my number four out of 365 so it's all right it's, it's all right. only only number four <laughs> <laughs> you know i was just having hey, this Kim, i was just having the same conversation yesterday with a friend i met up with at king's island for the first time rich albertson he's on facebook Goes by Theme Park Albie. He just changed it to Theme Park Motivation. His family's from uh, Pennsylvania. Still Vengeance is his favorite as well. And he told me a lot of the same things you were talking about. One of the reasons he really loves it is being able to actually go through the structure and the head choppers, yes. the near misses. That's yes. what gets it for him. Yes. yes. So now we're going to. I love Guazi. I'm I'm sorry. I was just like just Quasi just don't provide that that extraness, you know, for me that extra uh -huh. that extra things that extra stuff riding under the infrastructure the long ride the ah it yeah. just, it just feels like that heaven, makes man. perfect it's, sense as a different preferences for different people. Mm -hmm. With me, Quasi for me less is more, but I totally get. The other opinion as well. Still vengeance for me. I guess the one thing, even when the trims don't hit per se, that mid-course intensity disrupts the pacing. Mm -hmm. And if that and also if that didn't happen, I might think differently. And also I've never gotten a gray out on still vengeance. Never. And I get one consistently in the back half of the train on Iron Gwazi. I get a few of them. So that's me nice. too. I'm a nice, I'm a chaser of gray outs and stuff <laughs> like that. I can get a good one. So, and I know some people don't like that, but I do. Now let's flip flop to the opposite end <laughs> of the pole. We're mm -hmm. gonna go from the Goat coasters to the one and done, never again coasters. Out of all the coasters you guys have ridden, 
what is the worst of all time, never want to do it again coaster for each of you? <laughs> so <laughs> the coaster for me is going to be at my technically legally home park at Owa in Foley, Alabama. It's called Rolling Thunder. That coaster is a one and done. My 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 supposed to be home park had one. They had one job. They got <laughs> one coaster. They had one job to get it right. They had one job, Kim. One job. So Rolling Thunder has a pothole in the middle of the coaster. Who does that? No. They have a pothole. They have a pothole in the middle of the coaster. Like you, you, you have to go see a chiropractor when you get out there, right? So that's that's supposed to be my home park. They had one job, one job to get that one major coaster in the park, right? And they dropped the ball. One and done. OI rolling thunder. I don't blame you. Potholes, potholes <laughs> significantly affect my ranking of coasters for the worst as well. What about you, Brichet? Um, it's not really like one particular coaster that's a one and done, but okay. I, I don't like wild mouse coasters at all. I don't like them. I'll, I'll ride it for the credit and yep. then I never have to get on it again. I, I, I don't care. The only time that I may be able to do it and I have to be with other people is if it spins Kind of like the new one at Cedar Point. Yes. My home park has has um, one that spins. But if it's just one that is hits those turns, I, I really I got bruised on Apple's Apple at Kings Dominion a couple weeks ago when I okay, went. And I, I got thing happened. I got on it with some other people because it was a credit run for them. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll you know I'm a I'm a team player. But I had a like my arm was hurting the next next couple days, and I'm like, this isn't fun for me. At all. No. I'm like that with most wild mouses and also like Vacoma SLCs. Mm -hmm. Now, I've heard that they, they're actually starting to redo some of them and make them better. I haven't mm -hmm. experienced one yet. But yeah, I'm that, I'm that way too. And a lot of arrow loopers as well. Except yes. Tennessee Tornado. Oh, yes. Lot, it's okay for me. And Demon at... Uh, Six Flags Great America was a good one, but I'll never get on Viper again. Magic Mountain, yeah. I will never get on Viper again. If there's pain involved. Yeah, I'll do it once for the credit and then mm -hmm. no more. I'm finished. And the older I get, that pain hurts a lot more than it did when yeah. I was 20 at the age of 47. Yeah, it, it stays with you. <laughs> and, um, my body's just not quite as resilient with that as it once was. So mm -hmm. if it hurts too much. I'll, I'll do it once, but never, never again. Yep. So next topic is going to be around how you became an enthusiast. For me, the coaster that made me an enthusiast was Diamondback at Kings Island part of the story I share with the people, you know, our guests on the podcast is before I became an enthusiast, I was in a very deep depression for about five years. 
I had three very traumatic events happen in my life. My dad passed away in 08. And my son, he actually shared this on his interview that was aired. He was at the age of six years old. He was sexually assaulted by a teenager in 2012, which was just as bad, if not worse than when my father passed away. And then my mom died on my birthday in 2014. And she passed away from the same thing my father passed away from it was mm-hmm. lung cancer. So fast forwarding, I turned to emotional eating. I just didn't want to do anything. I had no motivation to do anything. I just literally, again, the word soul, I, I really did feel mm-hmm. like my soul was dead. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to bring myself back to life after all that. And um, it was darn back. My son got me to take him to a Coaster Kids meetup in 2019. And um, the second meetup we went to, it was last Friday of the night at Han at one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. My son and I had started riding in 2018. I had I put my hands up on the coaster before, but I'd never done it on the drop. So I finally put my hands up on the drop that night. I was riding with my daughter and I was yelling at her during the ride. I'm like, look. I did it. I put my hand <laughs> on the drop and she's like, now mom, put your feet out. <laughs> uh, I, thought yeah. I, was, I thought I was gonna meet my maker, but I did it. <laughs> and that was the first time I felt it was the first time I had let go and really relaxed mm-hmm. and felt airtime. Mm-hmm. And with all those airtime pops, like all the negativity, all the depression, everything, the worry, mm-hmm sadness each airtime hill it all just came out of my body yeah it was so life-changing and I got off that coaster and I just it was from the people I'd been around that day really starting to get comfortable talking to people and that coaster there was a fire that just the light Mm -hmm. came back so yeah yeah and that's what started it all for me the weight loss the coasters everything I'm like I need to get this weight off so I can do more of this, you know, and actually feel like walking around amusement parks because I was in pain all the time at that point in time. And, you know, it's just been one thing after another after that, but that's the coaster that made me an enthusiast. So now I would like to know from the two of you, tell us what coaster made you an enthusiast? When did it happen and how did you realize you wanted to do more of this? Um, so for me, uh, Superman Rider Steel is the coaster that turned me into an enthusiast. Good old Intamin. I, I tend to like Intamins. <laughs> um, Andrew will love you. Our <laughs> producer, he's a big Intamin diehard. And I don't, I'm not even like, oh, I love Intamin. It's just like, oh, my favorite ride is Intamin, 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 Intamin. Uh-huh. It's a minute, you know, it just happened yep. to be that way. But um, so Superman Rider Steel, it happened last year. Like I said, I'm new as a hardcore enthusiast. So um, my son is five. Um, so you know, he was four last year. I didn't go to amusement park, you know, being a mom, you're busy, especially early in their life. You, you know, pandemic happened, yeah. all of that. Years before then, like I said, maybe the last time I went to the amusement park was that time I visited um, Kings Dominion back in 2010. 
that I think that may have been the last time I went to an amusement park because after that I was, you know, college um, and I went to the University of Oklahoma. So I, w- I went to Frontier City. I think I maybe I rode a couple rides there, but nothing to like, you know, to write home about. Um, and then I moved to New York after college and I was just living the New York life. You know, I was a city girl. Um, moved back to D.C. and started my career, well, continued my career in property management and affordable housing. I wasn't thinking about amusement parks. So it wasn't until last summer when I, you know, met a mom friend at the pool with my son. And she was like, she has five kids. And she's like, I take my kids to amusement parks all the time. We just get in the car and we go. And I'm like, okay, he's at the age, he's four. He's at the age, that's something we can do together. I like amusement parks. He'll, he might like it, um, and, but he, my, my poor baby, he's a sensitive soul. So I knew that he needed things that will challenge him and his bravery and his courage, because even at the pool, he was scared. So I'm like, well, if we go to amusement parks, maybe like the different rides will help him mm-hmm. with that. So the first time, um, and we, you know, we have Six Flags America right here. It's like literally 20 minutes up the street. And I actually went to, for the first time without him. I met her up there with some of her family and I went without them. And I said, I want to ride a coaster. I haven't been on a coaster in a while. So I got on the wild one, which is our um, Woody, one of our Woody's there just so I could get like, dip my toe back into coasters after like 10 years. Um, so I was I, okay. I remember what that feeling's like. That's, that's cool. I like that. Then I'm, they were like, let's get on Superman. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. And, I, and the thing is, I've been on Dueling Dragons. I've been on Volcano. I've been on them. But if it's been 10 years since you've done something, that fear creeps back in. It's like you're starting over again. Yeah. So we got on it. We're going up the lift. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so high. I'm like not even looking over to the side. But that first drop literally felt like I woke up from a dream. Like my life before that had been a dream state and now I'm living in like reality. And it was a feeling I hadn't felt in so long. And it was a familiar feeling that I loved. And I said, I never want to lose this feeling again. I want to chase this feeling as much as I possibly can. I, I forgot what, I forgot how much I loved coasters. And then because now I'm such of a, a nerd, more than a nerd than I was back in college, actually, like I, I, I said, I, I need to learn more. I need to learn more about what's out there. I want to learn more about what I just wrote. Like I started getting on YouTube, watching vlogs, watching tutorial, not, like not tutorial, but, uh, you know, informational videos. And just I, I just immersed myself into coasters. And that's like how I found Prime, you know, so doing that led me to then yes. finding, you know, Prime and, you know, we'll get into all that later. And it's interesting. Definitely. Everything comes full circle Yeah, in this hobby. And it's like one thing just leads you to another and another and another, and it just keeps getting better. Yeah. But very much like you, Brashe, I had to take a hiatus from coasters for a long time, you know, due to my children my son, I was pregnant with him in 2004. He wouldn't ride anything. He has autism. He was really scared to death for a long, long time. He would watch his sister ride kitty rides and be scared to death 
wouldn't write wouldn't write anything. He was tall enough. But mm-hmm. then my daughter, she had the vertically challenged gene. She <laughs> was like 10 years old watching five and six-year-olds ride because she, she wasn't tall enough. So from 2004, it was honestly that till 2018 when I started mm-hmm. riding again, when Jay started wanting to ride was when I really got back into riding coasters. Yeah. So I had a hiatus as well. So... It's your turn, Prime. Talk about your journey as an enthusiast. What coaster was it for you? When did it happen and how did you realize it? Okay, my journey. My journey. So, obviously, living in Alabama, I don't have the pleasure of having Six Flags, Cedar Fair. So, but I always like rides, you know, because I've always been athletic, competitive not really scared of anything. So just doing the county fairs and, you know, in high school and stuff like that, getting on all the flat rides, that was me. I always like rides. So uh, when I got in college, uh, my baseball team, we, we had a baseball tournament in Atlanta, Georgia. In Columbus, Georgia, but we was right there by Atlanta. So when we got there, uh, the baseball tournament got canceled uh, that Friday or Saturday. So we was looking for something fun to do, just looking for something fun to do. So we started researching, you know, what's to do in the Atlanta area. So Six Flags came up. So I was like, Six Flags, Six Flags. And everybody started voting Six Flags. Okay, let's go do it. So we went to Six Flags, Atlanta, Georgia, um, when, I, when I was in college. And we, we, we got a, a fast pass, fast lane. And we just started going around the park just acting like big kids, riding roller coasters. At that time, I didn't know what airtime was. I didn't know what ejector was. I didn't know what intimate was. I didn't know what B&M. All I know was I just want to just get on rides and have a good time. So just to piggyback off what Brashay said, when we was riding the, riding the rides, and when I was getting off, you know, as I'm getting older, I started to know my body. So I wanted yep. to chase that feeling. I wanted to chase, see when I was a teenager, I didn't really know my body. So, so as a young adult and I started, you know, getting on the rides and I was like, I want this feeling in my body all the time, all yes. the time. So, so when we left Six Flags over Georgia, I was like, man, I don't want to go home. I want that feeling in my body. I want to chase whatever just happened at Six Flags. That's what I want on a regular basis. I don't know what it was, but I wanted. So when I got home, I started Googling, like, what are the biggest roller coasters in the world? What is the best theme park in the world? What is, so Cedar Point, Cedar Point, Cedar Point kept coming up on Google. YouTube, YouTube, Cedar Point, Cedar Point, number one, number one park in America, Travel Channel, Cedar Point. So I was like, you know what? I'm about to book me a flight, and I'm going to go to Cedar Point. Never been up there before. I'm going to fly to Cleveland go over to Sandusky. So a couple months later, when I came back from that trip, I did that. I did just that. Went to Cedar Point. I started going, I was by myself, solo trip. Went to Cedar Point, started getting on the rides, riding everything, having a phenomenal day. Get back there to the Masterpiece Steel Venice. First ride. You know, I seen it on YouTube. You know, I'm ready to go. So when I got on that ride and got off that ride, that ride changed my life. 
therapeutic. That's my favorite word for coasters. It was so therapeutic. Uh, I like, like I told you earlier, I cried. It took my soul. I never experienced something like that in my body. It was like one of the best feelings in the world. And I wanted it all the time. And when I got off that coaster and I had tears of joy in my eyes, I knew right then I was ready to become, I did become a hardcore roller coaster enthusiast. And you know, that's exactly what our podcast is all about is roller coaster and theme park therapy. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Really a thing. Um, I'll keep a long story short here because I've shared this a few times with a few different guests lately, but prime example here of, you know, just the therapeutic effect of roller coasters. And I mean, I'm talking literally here with mm. physical pain back in the winter. I broke a tooth wow. that it, it was resorbing. Like my body was eating the tooth. That's what I found out was happening. And the tooth was pulled, emergency extraction. Then all the infection went crazy that was buried down in there. And I developed a dry socket on top of that. Mm. This was all over Christmas break when the dentist office was closed. I would literally compare the pain I was in to child labor. Mm. Literally 24-7. I, I didn't know what to do. I was just sit for an hour at a time with my mouth locked open with the ice pack, just mm. all day, every day, trying to get out of the pain. Um, the dentist office opened right after Christmas break. They did some stuff to it, but he's like, yeah, you know, you're coming around the corner with this little bit, you know, a little bit more time. It's, it's, it's going to get better. They gave me medicine for the infection and stuff. And I thought in my head, and I'm usually a big planner. You know, I plan my coaster trips well in advance, all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I need to go ride the coaster now <laughs> to get my mind off this before I hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, and where I live, you know, every place was shut down for the most part. Kings Island had Winterfest and I had plans to go there. But like, I need to go further. I need to do more. And so I got this crazy idea to go do Fury, Pantheon, Twisted Tempers. I'm like, I think <laughs> I can pull this off. I, I think I can pull it off. And I, I watched the temperatures, made sure, you know, the coasters would actually be open. Because, you know, if it gets too cold, mm -hmm. they're not going to run. The weather looked like it was going to hold. So I'm like, all right, we're doing this. We're going. And I was literally at the dentist office the day before we arrived at Carowinds in tremendous pain. I was still mm. in that pain on the car ride all the way to Carowinds. We showed up at opening for Winterfest that night. Got 10 rides on Fury that night. They were running one train. After those rides on Fury, I never took another pain pill. Wow. I'm dead serious. It was wow. gone. And I told everybody, I said, it's the healing power of the sting, I guess. Yeah. I didn't even really think about it. I just realized when I left the park that night, I'm like, my mouth doesn't hurt for the first time in over a month. 
my mouth doesn't hurt. It's just real. Mm. And I woke up the next morning, it was still gone. Yeah. So it's definitely a real thing. Absolutely. It's, it is. That, that one really caught me off guard. I knew it was good for the soul. Yeah. But I didn't know it was that good for the body as well. Yeah. So I love Prime, that. Thank yes, you. Yes, ma'am. Prime, you have an interesting story to share about your home park. I know you are from Mobile, Alabama, but you consider Hershey Park your home park. Will you please tell our audience more about that? <laughs> so my line of thinking, my logic, home, the word home is where the heart is. Let me say that again. The word home is where the heart is. So Hershey Park is the greatest amusement theme park on earth that I ever been to. It's the greatest. So I feel like home when I go to Hershey Park. The people are amazing. The rides are amazing. Food is amazing. It, 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 the scenery is amazing. Me being from Alabama and me having a huge letdown disappointment for uh, having Owa that's close <laughs> to me. So I always go. So when I want to, you know, have my dream, you know, fixed, I, I fly to Hershey and have an amazing time. Like the food, the coasters, the people, the scenery, the atmosphere, everything is wonderful about Hershey Park. There's nothing bad I can say about Hershey Park. So I consider Hershey Park as my home park because home is where the heart is. I'm the same way with Kings Island. Even though I live 20 minutes away or less, depending on traffic, from Kentucky Kingdom, I grew up going to Kings Island once a year. And now when I go to the park, it I've said it before, it's like everybody knows your name. It's the Kings mm -hmm. Island families there. People greet me. People know me. I never know who's going to be there. You know, each experience mm -hmm. is a new experience, but it's, it's, you feel like you're going home. Mm -hmm. So even though that park is a two hour drive from me, yes. that's where my heart is. And that's mm -hmm. the home park for me. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's that comfort too. You, you just, it feels different yeah. than walking into any other park. Absolutely. Yes. Now, one of the things that we do as enthusiasts is we travel. And once you get bitten by the travel bug, <laughs> it's hard to turn it off. Yes, it is. It's, it's as addictive as the coasters themselves you know once you experience the good stuff mm -hmm. you're constantly chasing it you want to find more i know through social media and talking with you guys a lot of the places that you have visited already one thing i'm curious about is what are some of your bucket list coasters to ride and places to visit that you haven't gotten to experience yet? 
Um, if you asked me this like two weeks ago, I probably would have said like Park Astridge in France or something like that because I've been looking at two Tatis um, POVs a lot um, or Alton Towers, like, you know, things that I see often. But Nagashima Spa Land is up there on my bucket list to visit. It just, it, it just looks like a really good park. And like the coasters are really elite and it's far away where it, like it, I probably may only go once in my life. So it's a goal, but Nagashima Spotland, X2, um, Edgenica, I want to ride all yes. three of okay. those. Um, so that's like a bucket list, but as far as parks, Nagashima Spotland for sure. Okay. And how about you, Prom? Yeah. So for me, um, you know, from uh, what the enthusiast world says that Zadra is like the daddy of Steel Vengeance. So, yes, I want to go ride the dad. I want to go ride daddy. I want to go ride the dad. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I want to make my way out to Energylandia. MCN is going to Energylandia uh, in August 2024. So uh, that is a surreal trip that is going to happen. That's in the works. So I'm excited to get out to Energylandia to ride, uh, uh, you know, the granddad of them all, Zadra. Uh, here in America, uh, it's going to be my first time at Hollywood Nights. I'm ready to go to Holly Holiday World. Uh, I heard great things about the park. Heard it's family-owned. The people's great. The owners are great. Uh, I'm ready to go to the, uh, the best coaster event on earth that I haven't been You're to yet. So I'm excited to do I'm excited to do that uh, coming up. I'm ready to ride the voyage. So the voyage is a definite, definitely a bucket list coaster for me as well. And your number one bucket list coaster is my number one bucket list coaster. As much as I love Iron Gwazi, I've heard great things from most people about Zadra. That one and... Uh, Ride to happiness, too. I love time travel. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and people have told me that have experienced ride to happiness. It's like time traveler on steroids. <laughs> Make time traveler look like kitty coaster. Wow. So that really excites me. Um, so one of these moons when my kids are grown and I can finally pay for the price of one and not the price Three yeah. to get over to Europe. That'll nice. be when that trip finally happens for me. But it's that's the tip top of my bucket list. So now I would like to really switch gears to a different topic. We're going to get to the main course of the interview that I'm most excited to talk about. And that is what brought the two of you here. <laughs> Your passion, Melanin Coaster Network. Your all's organization really strikes my heart because my job, my passion is the teacher. And I teach in an inner city, you know, very high poverty level school. And we have 26 different languages spoken wow. in the school. Lots of minority students. 
And, you know, one of the things, you know, that we really, re that we stand for, I think the most is bringing people together, number one, and providing opportunities for minority students that aren't always available, you know, are not accessible in the home. So your all's organization, the fact that you are bringing, it's like my two worlds together, <laughs> you know, my passion and my job into coasters. I'm like, wow, I want to know more about this. You know, can I be involved in this? Cause it's a great mm -hmm. thing you all are doing for our audience that may not be familiar with Melanin Coaster Network, and I want to hear the full story as well. Tell us about the history of the organization. When and how did it start? Who can join? Let's start with that. Okay, so how did Melanin Coaster Network start? So when I went to Cedar Point, and I told you when I took the solo trip out to Cedar Point uh, years back, um, I, I was at the park, solo trip, and just walking around the park, I didn't really see a lot of people of color at the park while I was there. So when I was standing in line, getting ready to ride Maverick, Steel Vengeance, I maybe saw specks of people of color, you know, one mm -hmm. here, one there, one here, one there. So on the trip, I was like, man, like, I wish I can have more people that looks like me that I can hang out with at the park and, and do the thing that I love to do. So I was like, is it people out there, people of color that likes to ride roller coasters that like theme parks the way I do, or is this a taboo thing? Am I weird? Am I weird? Is this a taboo thing? Do people of color like theme parks or is it just me? So when I got home from Cedar Point, that's when I started doing my research. I was like, is there other people of color enthusiasts out there in America, in the world? Let's find out. So I created this Facebook group and I just started doing my research, just start recruiting people. Hey, do you like theme parks? Hey, do you like roller coasters? And then one trickled out to two, two went to 10. Yeah, I like theme parks. I just have nobody to go with. Yeah, I like theme parks, but, you know, my family don't want to go. I don't have any friends that want to go. But, yeah, I like theme parks. You know, I'm weird just like you. I like theme parks. So 10 with the 20, 20 with the 100. And I just started recruiting people of color in this private Facebook group to bring us all together so we can talk coasters and go to the park together. So that's how Melanin Coaster Network was born. And who's able to join Melanin Coaster Network? Is it just for people of color or do you all expand outside of that as well? Okay, so our mission is to highlight people of color. My job is to highlight people of color because we really don't see us out here. But I want to encourage everyone, every race to support that mission with us because we can't grow without other races support. We need Absolutely. everybody. My, my, our motto is to, is to bring people together, is to bring all people together. My purpose is just to highlight people of color. I'm just highlighting us 
to tell the industry, like, hey, we're out here. Hey, we love coasters too. Hey, we build roller coasters too. We design them too. Hey, we're here. And I just want to bring, like, put us all in a network together, a bulk of us, and just to highlight us, but encourage everyone, everyone to support that mission with us. Yeah, and I, I totally get that because I, I remember, I think, one of my first at least thoughts, I don't know if I remember if I typed the comment or not, when I saw what you all are doing, I'm like, hey, can a 47-year-old white woman come ride with y'all? This <laughs> <laughs> looks like so much fun. I, I want to I come along. And um, I can truly say that from the post, I've seen your meetups are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah. which is so exciting. And I literally see the word that comes to mind to me is everybody. Yes. Everybody's there. Yeah. Everybody's together. Everybody. Yes. And it's just everybody energy that is unmatched. And I'm like, if I'm getting this kind of a vibe from watching them on a screen. I can't wait to be with them in person. It's just yeah. going to be awesome. So thinking oh, yeah. back to when you created Melanin Coaster Network, what do you feel really made it necessary in the coastal community? So I'm going to pass the torch over to Brache because she takes my visions and turns them <laughs> into reality. I'm going to let okay. her talk. I'm gonna let her talk about. I'm gonna let her talk about how in depth Melanin Coastal Network goes and the vision that I how in depth I want it to be. As far as like education, STEM programs, you know, tapping into colleges, you know, to bring more people of color to the workforce in the theme park industry, you know, because you have uh, people of color engineers out here that you know that we know nothing about that are very smart. And we don't really see them out here at these parks designing roller coasters, you know, you know, taking, you know, what they learn in school and, and trickle that down to the theme park industry. So I'm a, you know, I'm gonna let Rache go in depth on how in debt Melanin Coastal Network goes. Take it, Rache. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> so for us, it is really important for us to be visible. That's why you see our videos, you see us heavy on social media, because for our community and for other communities, you don't, that's kind of why we stand out. You don't really see what we're doing out there, um, which also means that the youth of our community don't see what we're doing out there. And you really can't be what you don't see. Um, representation is very important. Um, so for us, we want to one, let, you know, our community know that we're out here. We are, um, we, we want to represent the community and let them know that the youth have something to aspire to that's outside of what they may know that's in the realm of possibilities. So for example, um, I know a bunch of people who are engineers, black, brown engineers, but none of them build roller coasters. I never even would have thought what the career trajectory would be to build th this thing that we love so much. Like who are the people behind it? Wh who are the faces behind it? And there are faces that look like me and prime that are behind some of the best coasters in the world. And we would never know. 
if no one highlighted those people. So that's our goal to highlight the people in the industry that look like us, that are brown people, that are, are that make this hobby and this passion possible. But also on the other end, we want to reach back into the community to show the youth that it's possible to, you know, as you know, Kim, schools go to theme parks all the time for <laughs> for uh, field trips. Yes. But n- never in my life would, when I was younger, would I have thought about working, not just on the as a ride operator, because I grew up in D.C., predominantly Black area when I grew up here. The, it wasn't, you know, we didn't really have that many people that weren't Black that went to my home park, to be honest, because mm-hmm. of just the demographics of the area. But I never would have thought that people that look like me were the ones that built the roller coasters, that designed the roller coasters, that were in the corporate offices making decisions about the next rides that are going to be there. Mm -hmm. All I saw were people who, you know, worked the rides, worked the concessions, and that's kind of where it stopped. So our goal is to, you know, really tap into the community to show like there's so much more that you can do in this themed entertainment industry. So we want to have scholarships. We want to tap into STEM programs and bring those people that look like the youth to them, mentorship programs that can lead to internships. We had a member go down to Universal. He interviewed for, um, he's a mechanical engineering major, interviewed for an internship at Universal and got it. Wow. And that Fantastic. was facilitated. That, that was facilitated through our link up having it there. Oh my goodness. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And like that's just the tip of the iceberg of what we're trying to do. Um, and you know, we want to do way more, have way more stories like that where we are connecting people and making people's dreams come true and also showing people that they can have a dream that they probably never thought they could have. I am just so, like, I don't even have the words to explain how I'm feeling right now because I I can just connect in so many ways. I've been to so many events, and the word that Prime said, a speck. Mm -hmm. Where are the people of color? Everybody looks like me. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, is you know that's just not something people of color do, or what? Mm-hmm. And I get right. it because I grew up in a really small town, and I remember I remember there being one black kid in the whole class, you know, and having the opportunity to teach where I teach, and when you hear children six, seven years old, light up like the sun when you provide a crayon that looks like them. Yep. You know, hear them talk about toys that look like them. Yeah. Movie characters that look like them. It's stuff growing up. In a small, predominantly white town, I never even really thought about. Yeah, that didn't hit me. 
And then, you know, my school, I've been, I've been teaching for 24 years. I've been in my school for 19 years. The fact I had no idea a coaster organization wasn't just about, you know, bringing people together, but you all are really going after the mission of changing people's lives. I uh, mean, yes. that's, that's yeah. my passion. That's what I try to do all day, every day with these babies is show them the opportunities that are there. Yeah. You know, outside of their home experience. Yeah. Even outside of school, what else is out in the world for you? Yeah. It's all about exposure and opportunity. I say that all the time. Yes. You want to expose them to this world and then give them an opportunity yes. and to really gonna, get in it. What's going to get you there? Yes. So, I mean, hearing this from you guys, just know anything I can do, anytime I can do it, I'd be honored to help out in any way that I can. Because you all are not just about my love of coasters. This is my life's work. Yeah that we're talking about here and um, I'm just so excited to hear more stories like the one you just shared. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it really yeah, absolutely. feels good. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now I know you all have a lot of events for me personally, my knowledge, but I know a lot of our audience may be becoming affiliated with your organization, Millennium Coaster Network, for the first time. Please share with our audience the types of events that you all have. So our goal is to provide exclusive experiences for our members. Like, we don't want our members to just go to the theme parks and experience the norm. So speaking on people of color that have been to the theme parks back in the day, all they go, all, well, all they have done was just go and experience the norm. You know, they had they went backstage and saw how roller coasters were made, been in the maintenance room. They haven't had ERT exclusive ride time. They don't even know what that is. We have people in our network that love coasters all their life, just been going to the park, just getting the fast lane line and just ride them and go home. They never been backstage before. They don't even know what exclusive ride time is. And they've been riding roller coasters for years. So our go, I was like, Brashe, let's get let's let's do something more exclusive. You know, so that's when we start in January, start reaching out to parks, you know, Cedar Fair, Six Flags, Universal, all of them, and say, hey. We are a roller coaster network. We want our members to experience exclusive experience. Like, what can y'all do for us? What do we have to do to obtain these exclusive experience? So the first one happened in February at Magic Mountain. Um, uh, we had a Magic Mountain uh, representative reach out to us and say, hey, we're excited to welcome y'all roller coaster network to Magic Mountain. Uh, we're going to give y'all exclusive ride time on three coasters before the park even opened. So we facilitated that and the testimonial of people who never experienced exclusive ride time before 
they was there before the general public even got there. And we had members, tears of joy. They was like, wow, we're the only ones in the park. Like they, they honestly, they even said, wow, like people of color are able to do this. We had members say that like, y'all can do this. Like we have the special exclusive was excited to have the, that exclusive experience. We had the park to ourselves for a few hours. We had an all-you-can-eat picnic area, and the energy that day was immaculate. It was it, it was wonderful. And we had, like I said, we had members who never, ever, ever, ex- even at their home park, Magic Mountain was their home park, and they never, ever experienced something like that before, didn't even know what ERT was. So that's our goal, to provide those type of exclusive experience. Uh, with Melanie Coastal Network. And I'm gonna turn it over to Shay and let her talk about Universal and how that happened. Yeah, so so Magic Mountain was our first um, ERT event. It was the one year anniversary from the start of the Facebook group that, you know, in one year went from, you know, opening up a Facebook group to now a year later having over a hundred people travel to Valencia, California and with, with ERT, um, you know, it, and it lit a fire under us to say, we, we need to do this more. We need to do this again. Um, but through that, you know, you know, you talk about seeing our videos and seeing us online. Someone from Universal reached out to us and was like, hey, you know, we want to partner with you guys. We see what you're doing. We see what your mission is. And through that partnership, which is how we facilitated, um, you know, the the internship for one of our members, we were able to go to Universal and they graciously uh, gave us some educational tours, taught us more about Velocicoaster, taught us about Hagrid's, taught us about the mummy and its refurbishment and um, its renovation. And we were able to ride the rides. We took over the trains um, while we were there. And it, it was it was amazing to have not just Universal coming out and, you know, providing us with this. We had a mixer, a professional mixer the day before. So talk about, you know, bringing those opportunities to people. The HR department had the Black um, Engineer Network, Ben, had them come out, the Black creatives of uh, Universal Creative. They came out to the mixer. Our members brought their resumes. Um, Some people kind of, you know, interviewed on a spot. You know, it was a lot of that going on even before we even went to the park. And that event was called Networking Thrills. So we wanted to really marry the two things that we're about, which is those opportunities and then uh, the thrills and the fun. So um, we were able to do that at Universal. It was an amazing event. I think the best part about it was seeing that there were so many people that looked like us that worked there that had these amazing jobs that, you know, the the person who created the track layout for or designed the track layout for Hagrid's is a black man. Like, I would have mm-hmm. never known that, you know? So shout out to Amir Montgomery. But like, w- we would have never known that, you know, had we not gotten this opportunity with Universal and now we're able to share that these people are behind the scenes. Deontay Henderson, um, our, one of our advisors, lead engineer on Velocicoaster. That's my favorite coaster. You know, like 
these are the these are the people that are young people and even people my age still we need to see and to know yes. that we're out here doing this um so that's why universal was a very special event we were able to really put those two things together the networking and the opportunities professional development along with the thrills and show how you can actually live both so that was a really fun um link up Wow. And it just, it looks like from the link ups I've seen, it's just getting bigger. Oh, yeah. And bigger. I mean, I believe you all were sold out in California, weren't you? Yep. Sold, Our first ERT sold, sold out. I have sent, unbeknownst to you all, I have sent pictures and videos from your all's events <laughs> to people that I know. And I'm well. like, look at this. <laughs> look at this like you know just through private messaging and stuff mm -hmm. spreading the word showing people you. what you. you all are doing because it's just it's astronomical I, there, I don't want to describe what's happening but it's unlike anything I've ever seen especially growing as rapidly as it's growing yeah, yeah. And I just want to see more of it and support and think, as much as I can. I think the growth, the rapid growth of it is a testament to how necessary something like MCN was and is to the community and the industry. It's growing so fast because it's so needed. And I'm mm -hmm. just glad that, you know, people now have an outlet, people of color now have an outlet where they can, you know, find their tribe, so to speak, and, you know, find the the coaster group that works for them and they can have the same experiences that other clubs provide that they may not have even known existed. And I mean, I heard you all talking about, you know, STEM programs and different stuff for the schools. This is so necessary because, you know, I'm looking at my own students and a lot of them, they they don't have that example yeah. to look at. They don't have that mentor, you know, to see as, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. Here are the steps I'm going to have to take to get there. Yep. You know, so when you say it is much needed, very, very needed. And yeah. The more, the better. What yep. impact do you feel Melanin Coaster Network has had thus far? And what goals do you all have for the future? And do you have any events coming up or anything like that? I answered the uh, the first part. Uh, I answered the first part. So impact. So a lot of our members, they heard of other roller coaster clubs before. But if you go to our website and look on the testimonial page, it's the same story repeating itself. I didn't know people of color rode roller coasters like I did. I didn't know. And also being comfortable, like with diversity, like they looked at these other roller coaster clubs and they was like, I, I don't think I want to go to this event. I don't want to be the only person of color out there. So I, I, I'm just not going to go, you know? So when we created MCN, those people came out and was more comfortable to go mm -hmm. because MCN provides more diversity. So it's the same story. They was like, 
MCM, we want to go to an event. We want to go to an event. I want to go. But when before MCM was created, they didn't really want to go to the other roller coaster club events because they wasn't comfortable because they didn't want to be the only person of color at the event, sitting down, eating, uh, riding roller coasters, the only one in line with everybody else, you know? So a lot of stories, just go to our testimonial page on our website. You can read it for yourself, like real deal testimonials. So the impact we brought, we, we brought people of color out to show their enthusiasm for theme parks and roller coasters. They're more comfortable now because we have brought more diversity. So now it's people of color and other races all together, standing in line, riding a roller coaster. They got their people of color friends. They got other races. They got this race. They got that race. They got, you know, they're more comfortable. And, and now they're prone to have more fun, you know, at roller coaster events now because mm -hmm. MCN created more diversity in the community. And, you know, mm -hmm. I can see that too, reflecting back to on what I mentioned earlier with my own students, people are comfortable when there are more numbers, when they see more of themselves. I remember early on in my career, when I first started teaching here in JCPS, there were children that just, they viewed themselves as ugly, mm -hmm. like they were embarrassed of who they were because there's not a toy that looks like me. They're, you know, they're the princesses. Mm -hmm. They look all, you know, I wish I looked like a princess mm -hmm. because they didn't see anything like themselves. Yeah. And now, you know, that the world is becoming more racially and culturally sensitive i see those children that were once like prom said i'm not gonna go because i'm the only one feeling yeah. a sense of shame and embarrassment almost because you're it you're the only one nobody else mm -hmm. looks like you they're coming out of their shell they're confident they're engaging. Mm -hmm. I mean, yep. I had students that would not talk to me. I get the same. I, I teach uh, elementary art. So I get the same kids, kindergarten through fifth grade. And I would have kids that would go for years and literally not say a word to me. I don't know where they're a social butterfly. You know, they're talking, they're engaged, they're funny, they have humor because of that one word. They feel comfortable. comfortable. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's a total necessity for their development and their success ultimately in life. It's make or break. Yeah. It's important now, because it's about um, like being self-conscious. When you're the only one, you're self-conscious. Yes. And you recognize that you are the only one. But when you're not the only one, you can you, you don't have that thought. And one thing I do want to put out there for those listening, the other way can be true as well. So when you see MCN and if you're not a person of color, don't don't feel self-conscious. Come out and still be with us. You may feel like you'll be the only one who's not a person of color. 
That's not true. We have members and supporters of all races that come out to all of our events. So I just wanted to recognize and say that the opposite may be true when it comes to us. Someone may say, oh, they're, they're a black and they're a brown and they're a person of color organization. I don't want to, you know, will I be accepted there or am I wanted there? And the answer is yes, you're accepted and you're wanted because we're about everybody coming together. So that opposite feeling of you know, being self-conscious and not being comfortable, we want you to know that you'll be comfortable with us. All you got to do is as, as soon as you walk up to us in your MCN shirt, your family. Absolutely. And um, I know you guys have already had some events this year. Will you please share with our audience any other meetups or events that you have coming going forward in 2023? So Juneteenth, uh, Juneteenth is our next big one. Uh, uh, from the numbers and the analytics, we expected this event to be the biggest event MCN has ever had and uh, and ever will have far as this year. So this is supposed to, we're hunkering down to be the biggest event of the year of 2023. It's uh, June 19th, uh, MCN has facilitated uh, exclusive ride time at Six Flags Over Georgia uh, on three coasters. We have uh, two backstage coaster tours. We have an all you can eat picnic. Uh, we're going to have our meet and greet that Sunday on Father's Day uh, at a fun spot and uh, meet each other and ride Air Force One. Um, we didn't had numerous, numerous of people reach out and say, Prime, Brache, we're coming to Atlanta. We're coming to Atlanta. The kids are out of school. Their kids are out of school. Everybody's bringing their family. This event, I, I call it a family reunion. I, this event is supposed to be like a family reunion in the middle of the summer. So we're gonna celebrate the culture, celebrate Juneteenth. Uh, name our event is uh, Hot Atlanta Juneteenth Ride. We're gonna celebrate our culture, culture in Atlanta and have a Juneteenth ride. Everybody that supports MCN is welcome, everybody. So we're hunkering down for that to be the biggest event thus far. Yeah. Now, do you have a limit on the number of tickets you sell for these events? Um, no, there's no. We just have to let the park know in advance. Okay. Um, we give them a number. Awesome. And then if we need to request more, we have a certain deadline to request more. So that's why it's important for if you're coming, get your ticket early. Get your ticket early. We can't stress that enough because once we get past that deadline where we can't request anymore, that's when it's technically sold out. Okay. And thank you for making our audience aware of that because I know a lot of people have a busy schedule yes. and you have good intentions. Time gets away from you. And then you're like, Oh, I want to sign up. I really want to go to this event. And then you find out you can't. Yeah. And yeah. that's frustrating and that's hard. Um, that's future events you guys ha have coming up. Do you have any goals for Melanin Coaster Network down the road that maybe you all haven't really started on or gone full force with yet? Uh, Brashe, go into the goals. Also, also, um, I know I didn't bring up Cedar Point and Hershey Park, but I'm so excited to talk about 
those two events coming up. So excited. So go into the goals and also talk about Cedar Point and uh, Hershey Park. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fair because away. those actually Cedar Point and um, Hershey actually coincide with one of the major goals that Prime and I had when we first sat down and said, how do we take this, you know, lively community on Facebook and how do we turn this into a recognized coaster club? What are the steps needed? And so far we've done that. And the only thing that we haven't done that all other coaster clubs have is an official annual membership. So that is coming up. We are going to be rolling out our gold membership, which is something that anybody can be a part of. Just like you sign up for any other coastal club, you can sign up with us. It'll give you perks. It'll give you benefits. Um, You will be, you know, an official, official um, MCN gold member. Um, And with that, the reason we're excited to speak about that and moving forward Um, with that goal is because our first event, and this is an exclusive, Kim, y'all have an exclusive, okay? So our first gold member event will be at Cedar Point on August 16th for National Roller Coaster Day, where we have secured nighttime ERT on Maverick. And that will be a gold member only event. Wow. Yeah. I knew you guys had some good <laughs> stuff in store. I just wasn't aware that it was that good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, That's we, fantastic. we, hey, we Kim, have been growing. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kim. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Kim, you know what they say on Maverick. You know what they say on Maverick. What happens in the tunnel stays in the tunnel. Stays in the tunnel. So, <laughs> so we finna go ride one of the best night rides in America, exclusive ride time. We get a full hour, um, just MCN members only. Yeah. Nighttime rides yeah. when the park closed. So so we excited excited to uh, head up to Cedar Point um, and uh, the ride Maverick when the park closed. Just our yeah. members. And this will be a MCN gold member only. It's our first gold member event. Um, so you have to sign up as a member beforehand. We'll be, you know, we'll put the information out there. You know, Kim, we're all on social media. You'll see mm-hmm. it. And um, it, we're really proud of where MCN has come from and where it is and where it's going to even be able to offer um, a membership like this. And then not only to offer a membership like this, but to have our first event be at Cedar Point with ERT on Maverick, like, it's beyond our wildest dreams of what we thought we would be at this point. And um, we're just hoping that people support us, join us, because we're not letting up. Because after Cedar Point, we have our collab with Ace at um, Hershey Park. Like, so we're, we're we, we just hitting you back. Oh, oh yes, there's more. <laughs> yeah. But so, so, there's more. more. So let me, I, I, Hey Kim, hey Kim, I got I gotta stop Brache. I gotta stop Brache. It's only right that I talk about my home park. Go Anything ahead. they gotta do or affiliated with my home park, it's only right that I talk about it. Praise the, world, the world's it. greatest park, Hershey Park. <laughs> 
the world's greatest park, Hershey Park. So how you asked us about MCN goals. The main goal is to bridge the gap by bringing all people together, right? Yes. You know how I talked about uh, our members not going to an ACE event because they was going to be the only person of color, right? So mm -hmm. my goal is to bring all people together, right? So MCN and ACE had a meeting, and we are going to collaborate together. MCN, Melanie Coastal Network, and ACE, we're going to collaborate together at Hershey Park September 9th, and, and we're going to have uh, exclusive ride time. Uh, we're going to be together. We're going to eat together. We're going to ride roller coasters together. Uh, the mm -hmm. members of ACE in that region and Melon Coastal Network, we are collabing together to shut down Hershey Park. We're going yep. to the park together. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to be together and we're going to bring more diversity to that roller coaster event. Mm -hmm. So we're going to all be together. Mm -hmm. ACE and Melon Coastal Network collaborates September 9th, Hershey Park exclusive ride time picnic we're going to eat together we're going to fellowship together we're going to be together we're going to ride coasters together all day non-stop just like family family and friends so i'm so excited about that event coming up in september y'all heard it here first yeah <laughs> so exciting okay so thank you so much for sharing all of the ins and outs and the details of Melon and Coaster Network with our audience. Wow. <laughs> whole lot that's already happening. And a whole lot getting ready to happen. The sky's the limit for you all. I'm I'm I can't wait to see what comes down the road. Now, this next question is a little off the agenda and I'd like to explain the context of it before I ask it. Last year, there was a young man by the name of Dusty. He was a guest during the first season of the podcast before I joined. He was a friend of David's and he was a big fan of the podcast. He unexpectedly passed away last year at the age of 16. And yes. And you know, when those unexpected life events happen, and for me personally, it really, really makes me take a step back and realize mm -hmm. how precious time really is you really don't have time to waste. Like, if, you know, some, sometimes you think you do, mm -hmm. you know, like pretty much make every moment count. Mm -hmm. And, you know, try to leave an impact of some sort on as many people as you can every day. Because you really don't know when that one moment that you had may not come back again as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, you know, the next question I'm going to ask you guys, it, it's kind of deep. Looking at your life, your friends, 
your colleagues, you know, your coworkers, your family. What type of mark would you all like to leave on this world? What is the legacy that you all would like to leave? Um, I think for me, I've always wanted to be a part of something that's bigger than myself. Um, and not just a part of something, but I'll, I always wanted to create something that was bigger than myself, something that helped people. I'm a mentor um, to an eighth grade student now, and I plan to be with her all the way until she goes to college. I was a mentor before that. Um, my mentee graduated from college, but that's me being a part of a program, um, helping you know that one student at a time. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, I want in. I, I'm, I'm assuming or hoping that MCN will be that thing that years down the line I've created and I can sit back and watch it run itself and know that, you know, many people's lives are enhanced because of it in ways that I may not even know how deep it, it can go in the future. Um, you know, we just talked about someone getting an internship. You never know where that career path may lead that that person to be. And that's just one person. Um, so if we keep at it, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how many lives we can touch. I, I know we've touched lives already. And it's been a year and some since the inception of MCN. But I, I just hope that we are, you know, well, for me, this is a personal question for me that I can be a part of this and help create this that is then helping other people and will run itself to eventually help people when I am no longer a part of it, whether that's, you know, I'm old and gray or whatever the case may be, it's something that can live on without me and continue to do some good in the world. Very well said, Brichet. Thank you for sharing. And Prime, what's your legacy going to be? Absolutely. Uh, I, I have to piggyback off Brichet. I, re- I really do. Um, all my life, I always wanted to help. All, ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a police officer. Always dressing up in a costume, you know, playing cops and robbers. And I proud myself on because I always wanted to help people. Always wanted to help people. Always wanted to save somebody from the bad guy or save somebody from a terrible event. Ever since I always had that dream since I was a little kid. And I take pride in that because I actually did just that. Most people have dreams and can't live them out. I actually went through school from a little kid and actually did exactly what I wanted to do. And that was help people, all kind of people from all walks of life. And I did that and I did just that. And I take pride in that. So with me creating Melanie Coastal Network, I'm just piggybacking off uh, Brashay. I want to touch and help everybody I can. Brashay will tell you firsthand, if a member of mine needs anything, I'm the first one to give my shirt off my back to that person. First one. Um, also, uh, I noticed a kind of a little bit off topic, but 
my father is my hero. My dad is my best friend. So, mm-hmm. dad, if you listening, if you listening to this, uh, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but you know, my dad is big on just being a man's man, working, not going to ride roller coasters. You know, you know, taking care of your family. You know, stop spending unnecessary money on traveling. And so, mm-hmm. my dad just look at it. Oh, Prime, you're just buying plane tickets and going to ride roller coasters like a big kid. You could take that money and do this and do this. And he don't really understand what I'm trying to do with tapping into the education system, helping people, using roller coasters to tap into STEM programs. He don't get it. And my dad is my best friend. I love him to death. And I hope he hears this uh, uh, one day and see uh, the things that I created, what I built. So um, I just want to tell them that I love them. You know, it's more than just buying plane tickets and riding roller coasters. Like I'm trying to touch everybody that I come in contact with and use roller coasters as a stepping stool, you know? So yeah, but my dad's my best friend, but he just, just think I'm just out here just spending money riding roller coasters and having fun. But I'm really trying to, to change lives while having fun and using roller coasters to do it. And Prime's dad, if you're listening, I'm here to tell you as an eyewitness, your son has created an empire (laughs) that is changing lives a day at a time. And I'm proud to share his message (laughs) with the world. And I, I definitely hope that this interview get you some more members from Melon and Coaster Network to join your all's cause. And your all's message of, you know, being a, a part of something that's bigger than yourself. That's entirely why I'm here. Yep. I don't get paid to be a part of Coaster Challenge. I'm here to help people the way that roller coasters and the community transformed my family's life from the inside out and being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. It just feels good. Yeah. And, you know, once I started doing it, it's a necessary part of my life that I don't want to stop because, you know, you see the impacts that it's having on people and then you find, you know, I'm, this is more than just something I want to do. I'm called to do this. Yeah. And it, it, it's a calling. And once you start doing it, I don't know. It's just such a positive Thing that you're doing you feel like you can't be without it yeah yeah labor labor of love yes absolutely so our next question is going to focus on the topic of advice listeners listen to our podcast a lot of times for advice and inspiration really in all areas it can be you know about roller coasters facing fear maybe a personal struggle they're having or life in general. In terms of advice, 
what is the main piece of advice you all would like to offer to our audience? So I'm going to piggyback off what I said about, about how my dad is my best friend, my hero, you know, the person that raised me to help people and to be the best man I can be. So I want to piggyback off what I just said. He don't really approve of me going around riding roller coasters, right? But I took a leap of faith in, in um doing it anyway to inspire others to be themselves. Like I'm telling my dad, this is who I am. You know, I love you and thank you for the, the man that you raised, but this is who I am. This is who I love. This is what I love, you know? So I want to inspire people to be themselves and do what you love. Don't do what, you know, your family or your best friend wants you to be be you and do it for yourself you know love yourself first and do what makes you happy so i just wanted to tell my father i'm doing what makes me happy um it, gi it gives me brings me great pride and joy to build and create mcn melanie coastal network and you know i i just want to inspire people just to be you, do you, you know, don't let nobody get in the way of that. Even if, you know, somebody that's real close to you, you just have to keep loving on them and just, you just have to do you and just do what makes you happy. I couldn't agree more. I had actually a couple of women today at work looked at me like almost in complete shock. And the word they, the one word one of them used was unconventional. <laughs> just shocked that I would go meet somebody in an amusement park to spend my mother's day. You know, that's how I chose to spend that time and what an unconventional way. And, you know, why did you choose to do that? I said, why not? <laughs> it's Susie's role. Yeah. I said, for those that get it, no explanations necessary. And for those that don't get it, no explanations possible. Exactly. And I just left it at that. But, you know, totally be yourself. Be comfortable in your own skin. And don't apologize for what makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And so on that note, Brashe, what's your advice you'd like to share? I'll just say I think Prime, like that's that's great, great, great advice. That's great advice. That's if if you hadn't said it first, I probably would have said that. Um, but I guess my second piece of advice is, um, and it's something that I guess is a reminder to myself. So I'll give it to everyone else as advice, but it's really something that I tell myself all the time. And is that life is is a journey. You know, um, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes you regret. Um, you're going to make mistakes that maybe you can't even come back from in a way that you think you can or you want to. And you'll have to, you know, take that loss and learn from it. Um, life is about pivoting. Life is about learning yourself. And through this journey of learning yourself, 
give yourself grace along the way because no one has the blueprint of how to live the perfect life. So don't beat yourself up over mistakes you may make because everyone else has made their own mistakes. And it's all about learning from them, recovering and doing better the next time and just being a better person um, and being more of who you are called to be every day. Resiliency. Yeah. I preach that all day, every day, because so many kids want to beat themselves up every over every single mistake. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you don't make mistakes, you're not going to learn. Yeah. It's the only way you're going to learn. It's the only way you're going to get stronger. And the good news is every day is a new day. You get yeah. the chance to look at look, look at what went wrong the day before. Look at what went well. Look at what you can do. You know, look at what you can do to improve what went wrong. I do that personally, you know, each yeah. day, not just in my personal life, but in my professional life. Yeah. And same. dangle that carrot in front of myself. Look at what needs to improve. Try different things. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to network with people. I'm going to look for other solutions and try this, you know, just keep moving forward. Couldn't agree more. Exactly. So our last question is going to be mainly about audience connection and how they can connect with you all and learn more about Melanin Coaster Network and make contact if they'd like to. Where are you all able to be found on social media? Everywhere, Kim. Everywhere. Oh, <laughs> everywhere. So you can follow. You can follow. <laughs> everywhere so it's melanin coaster network across the board on all socials that's TikTok, instagram youtube facebook page and we have a website you can access the website on google just type in melanin coaster network you uh you can send us an email if you don't do social media like that um uh, uh, our team will reach out to you promptly um um yeah but i encourage everybody to go look at our videos, check out our pictures, feel the energy, go to YouTube, go to Instagram, watch the reels, kind of get a feel of who we are and what we're about and, and, and the amazing energy we bring to the coastal community. And yeah. what is what is the email address if people would like to contact you that way? It's info at melanincoasternetwork.org. So you can send us an email directly. There's also a contact form on our website that you can send us an email. Um, the email is at the bottom of our website. So melanincoasternetwork.org um, is at the bottom. So you can always get in touch with us, in touch with us that way. Um, and become a gold member, guys. Become a gold member because by the time this comes out, we should be rolling that out pretty, pretty soon. Um, and that's a way that you can stay connected um, in an exclusive way with our events that are coming up even beyond um, Juneteenth. So that's another way to stay connected with the events and with, you know, becoming an official member of MCN as we, you know, go on our journey, our MCN journey. Well, I want to thank both of you, Prime and Brichet, for the privilege 
of having the opportunity to sit down and talk with the two of you together. This has been very educational and a absolute ton of fun. Thank you for being my guest on the podcast. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for having us. We really do appreciate it. We really, really do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The honor's all mine and I'm excited for this interview to air and continue spreading the word. Thanks again. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.